0: Hello everybody, this is Nick Murphy. I am recording this test podcast on the way to Nashville for Mother's Day with my mother. Hi! Uh, This is Miss Tanya Murphy. She is mom on Mother's Day. We're trying to hang out, spend some time together. Uh, We were just having a good conversation about why have kids, period, (laughs) Um, and, and, and kind of bringing them up in this time. Uh, And how our childhoods were different My childhood versus her childhood And she was kind of explaining How My childhood was very different from hers If you could go back and kind of talk about that A little bit
1: Sure Um, My childhood was extremely carefree In the Area that I lived It was almost Brady Bunches Brady Bunch Like And it was like I lived on a cul-de-sac, uh, both parents, all my friends on the block had their both parents. We all had bikes. We all had money where we could go and get us a ice cream cone if we wanted to. We And we would ride our bikes to the, wherever it was, however far it was that we needed to go to get that ice cream cone. No one bothered us. We could walk wherever we wanted to. Um, it was just extremely carefree. And my mother and father didn't look for us until it was uh, either dinner time or the streetlights came on or whatever the case may be. Although we didn't have cell phones, again, we they just didn't worry about us because there were no big, bad wolves or anything that we were aware of. Um, and it was just... It was just, I have very, very fond memories of my childhood. Um, And it's just kind of sad that then when my kids came along, the world or things had gotten to a point where, you know, you start hearing about all this bad stuff that was happening and could happen, happen. So my kids could not ride their bicycles far away where I could not see them or know you know they were okay. I could not just let that happen because somebody might get them or something could happen bad. Um, even though cell phones came along a little later for them, it still was not... I just could not do that because of the, the way the world had gotten a little worse.
0: Now, I will say I, I feel like I had a very good childhood as well. Um, and I did feel very safe. I felt very protected. Um, our neighborhood might not have been the most safe, I guess you could say, but we had a lot of people around the area who would look out for myself, my sister, my brother as well. Um, you know that same neighborhood. My dad got his car stolen off the driveway, so you know there were there were things. And I think we talked about this as well. The um, the news cycle today has sped up so much. Even when I was younger, you know, we said the uh, the invasion in Iraq, Desert Storm, and whatnot. Uh, that was going on when I was born, uh, or maybe a little, maybe a couple of years after I was born. That was that was happening. It was kind of heightening. Um, and then you had um, Ronald Reagan. Or, no, that was way before my time. Um, H. W. was president when I was born, and all the stuff that was going on with that. And then you know, as I'm a child, you have Bill Clinton coming in, and and you know the the Rodney King, and I still remember. Uh, OJ Simpson, pretty vividly. I remember watching that chase in Granny's house. I, that's where I, that's where I was when that happened. I watched, We were all watching it on on TV in her den, and, uh, you know, that was that was the world that we lived in. But it was different from what from your world because you kind of had yours coming daily, your news daily, whereas we had it, you know, almost hourly, you know, at that point. And now it's instant. You know, well, it's, my news wasn't about.
1: daily. It was. If you read the newspaper, maybe, you would hear something uh, television only showed what it wanted to show at the time. And, you know, in my childhood, we had black and white TVs, and we, the, the news went off, the TV went off, you know, at, at midnight. It just kind of, you get that screen, <laughs> or they, they play the national anthem, and it goes off. You had, what, three, four channels. Did so,
0: you stand for the national anthem when it came on?
1: No, I was in the oh, okay. bed because it happened Sorry. at
0: midnight. Well, but, that's very un-American. It?
1: Yeah, so it was like you—you you didn't have all the choices, all the the freedoms. But my little bubble of an existence was enough for me to have a really good childhood.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and and we were talking about younger family members uh, when they were born. My my uh, youngest cousin, who is almost going to graduate high school soon. Um, she was born, what, two days before 9 yeah. 11, September 9th? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, everything was great wonderful, and then planes fly into buildings. Um, and I remember I was in seventh grade, Mr. Stagner's class, in civics class, no less, and I, I remember hearing about planes flying into buildings, and I, it just didn't make any sense to me. I, I was like, why would, you know, it must have been an accident? And I think that's what everybody thought. And then they, uh, they, went over the intercom said everybody stay in your in your class don't nobody leaves everybody stays still stays put and um in middle school and then the teachers came around and said turn on television so we turned on the tvs and and as soon as it turned on i want to say maybe two minutes later the second flame flew into flew into the building and it was it was like a movie like we're watching a movie like why are we watching this this, this film right now and uh, and then that's when we kind of realized stuff was happening. You know, things were, you know, this was a very scary time. I mean, I don't know anybody who went through that who wasn't terrified.
1: And that will will shake up your... For sure. The
0: rest of your life. Yeah,
1: the rest of your life. That feeling of being, I felt watching it at work. I felt um, powerless. I felt very afraid. I felt terrorized. like a sitting duck. Yeah. yeah because like, you're waiting once it hit the the Twin Towers then or I don't know the order it happened but then you had the uh, Pentagon and then I think a plane was, was yeah, crashed them, into a field or that, something yeah. so you're just thinking what you know where is it going to be next and if you have people your family members who don't live right around you then you start calling them and all of that so we got on this topic because we were talking about bringing children into the world now at this time today but I would hate for people not to want to bring children into the world I totally understand why you wouldn't want to but we have to carry on humankind (laughs) so you have to if if that's your desire to have a child but that's one thing that's stopping you is the state of the world I would say don't let that stop you because Things, just like things get bad things can also get better and you could have that child that has a good hand in making things better.
0: Uh, I think you just want grandkids because I don't know if I
1: Um. Oh, the older I get you better hurry up because my
0: patience
1: is a waning. Yes I, I
0: understand. The
1: older I get but at mm-hmm. the same time I just wouldn't want a person to miss out on the joys of parenthood because of that
0: reason. That's all I'm saying. Well, I I think, you know, I feel like I'm pretty in touch with the millennial mindset to an extent. Mm-hmm. And I just feel that it weighs on me a lot. The thought, the thought of that, it weighs on me a lot because I, I, I think eventually I would want kids. There's First off, there's a lot of experiences and things that I want to have, I want to do. And... I know that those experiences I wouldn't be able to have them until much later in life. Um, you know, cause it'll it'll just take it'll take a while because I've got to now care for this other human being, and that I don't know if I want to do that. I know that sounds selfish. I know it really does no, sound selfish. that's but,
1: it's good to know that rather than yeah. to bring a child in the world and have regrets about what you didn't get to do resentment don't treat them right all of that
0: so well and i i know for sure that i'll definitely treat the child right and i know that i'll take care of it and, and blah 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 but also i would love to go back to europe i would love to visit you know canada i would love to go you know i'd love to be able to to Uh, travel and and, and hone my craft. I would love to go to schools. I would love, you know, pay off student loans. I'd love to do all of that stuff and have my own set of freedom you know, for a while. Well, that's
1: what your 20s are for.
0: That's fair, yeah.
1: And it ain't, you know, if you don't do certain things, set yourself up to be able to do this stuff, at least by 35, Mm -hmm. that's kind of, as you, you have a child, that that's not old. Yeah. But if you have a child at 38, well, 40. you eight, think about 40, that, and then
0: you add 18 years on top of it. Yeah. You've got, you know, there's a lot of, that's, that's, your mid, that's your midlife. You know, you're trying to raise a kid now. That's, you know, the time they get out of high school, you'll be in your 50s.
1: So there's something to be said about having a child early. Right. Not too early, but right. having a child early. And there's something to be said about having it later. Mm-hmm. So it's all in what's best for you as a person. And in your situation and circumstances, because there, unless you are independently wealthy, you're never gonna have enough money. You're just gonna have to make do and mm-hmm.
0: sacrifice if you have a child. And that's something you've always told me is to live below your means. Uh, when you know, just just to make sure that you have, just live before you live below your means. Um, and that's certainly something that. You know, and being a teacher, being a teacher, I have made, I don't think that I have will have a problem with sacrifices, because I've made a lot of sacrifices being an educator of kids that aren't mine, you know? Um, well,
1: you're getting paid for this.
0: Well, yes, but I mean, I'm talking, you know, um, uh, you know, any time before I would get called, hey, let's go out, or let's do this, or hey, should let you know, let's go have dinner and blah 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 and I'm like no I can't I need to you know, make sure I have school supplies or I need to go to bed or blah 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 or as in college I was like let's go you know well
1: that's because you have a job though I mean it's not about the kids necessarily I know you got to reserve your energy yep. for kids but I have to reserve my energy for my job as well the next day because it takes energy to deal with people mm-hmm. so I understand that but at the same time as you grow and mature, you're going to have a different outlook on that day-to-day job you have. Because you need that to survive. Right. So, it's smart to... You won't have that job long if you do how you did in college. Right. So, right. you just mature to the point of knowing what you have to do.
0: So, I was a good kid, right? Excellent kid. Wonderful kid, yes. The best. Uh, what were some... Uh, of the quirky things that I would do when I was a kid.
1: Um, you, well, you just had such a knowledge of cars at a young age. You were probably two or three and we're in the car and you would name, just looking at the shape of a car, the symbol, you knew what the car was and that just floored me every time. My, and my mother, we'd be riding and you would go, that's a Honda or that's a Acura or that's a Cadillac and we were like, so we thought you would be some type of I don't know, you were a car enthusi- enthusiast mm-hmm. where maybe you would do something in that area, engineering or something I don't know, <laughs> and I don't think and later on I asked you about <laughs> it and I don't think you really remember that, so that was kind of like, wow I thought you were a genius for some reason and that,
0: that went away quickly, I'm sure.
1: You were just a very um just a good kid. You know, just look at you, you would mind, just based off of a look. Mm-hmm. If I look at you, you would straighten up. Um Well that
0: might be more of a testament of your look than <laughs> you were very kind, <laughs> you, know I mean? you were very
1: kind, no. mannerable. Uh you were just a sweetheart,
0: just an easy,
1: you were an easy kid.
0: I'm very happy to hear that. Um, that kind of manifests, I think, today, uh, especially dealing with people, because um, you really have to be, especially doing what I do, and you know, both professionally and semi-professionally with my choirs, I really have to be able to delegate, or maybe not necessarily delegate, but I really have to be able to work with people and I have to be able to have those alliances. And so there's a lot, sometimes there's crow that I have to eat that I don't want to. I had a conversation with a friend a couple days ago about having to swallow a lot of pride with stuff. And at the end of the day, I tell myself, and it's something you've told me too, I tell myself, you know you know your value, you know your worth. So even if you have to eat a little bit of crow, just to get this person on your side or to help you out or, or get out of this situation or whatever the case may be. Do it because you understand what it is that makes you you and that's going to be alright. Well you do have to make
1: decisions all day every day. Is this worth it? Mm-hmm. Is this worth an argument? Is this worth losing a friend over? Is this worth but you can't, you also can't be a doormat. You have to uh. there has to be some balance. You have to weigh, weigh things. Absolutely. Because you gotta have, you gotta stand up, but you also have to pick your battles. Right. So it's all not me constantly mm-hmm. rolling over, and I never get what I want. You just have to pick your battles. Right. With that, and that's not always easy. Mm-hmm. But you just have to be okay with yourself. Right. And right. say, okay, it's not my problem. It's her problem, his problem, mm-hmm. their problem. Mm-hmm. And take your blame where it's due, but also. Take your victories too. Like no, I'm good. That's not. They have the wrong perception. That's not me. That's not that. Right. And I hate it for them.
0: And really, just being able to do that has helped me so much. With excuse me, with um, you know, with jobs getting hired for things, having a good reputation, uh, being asked back to several things, you know, I mean, there's, I was thinking about it earlier, there's not, I don't really have much downtime over the summer, uh, because of all the stuff that I'm doing, I'm hoping to assistant direct on a musical, um, I'm going to LSU for a week, you know, on I'm top of some others. St- yeah. yeah, oh yeah, Get paid. so there's, there's a lot of stuff that I'm doing over the summer coming off of all the stuff that I've done for the year before that, you know, trying to get... 12, you know, 12 year olds to sing the right notes for two and a half minutes you know which is a task in and of itself so being able to manage all the things that I have that I have to do and work with all the people that I have had to you know that ability that we just talked about is important so that you can get through that you can work your way through that
1: it's all about self preservation yeah. you can't always look at the other person's uh... Feelings, and that may sound cold, but sometimes people's feelings will be hurt. You don't want that to be the case. But if I have to save myself, right. I can't always be
0: nice. Right.
1: But I won't be mean and nasty on purpose, but just depending on the situation, I have to adjust. Right. I have right. to know how to pivot and move. And sometimes I'll be hurt, sometimes you'll be hurt. It's just how it is. So, how what what kind of
0: mother was I? Um, You were a fantastic mother, or still currently are a fantastic mother. Um, Everybody liked you.
1: What made me a what made me a fantastic mother?
0: I think the nurturing aspect that you have, um, the the amount—I really think I get my listening skills from you. Uh, being able to let somebody vent entirely and then you come back and pick up on the points that that had happened that you've taken mental notes of Um, that really does help for sure I I feel like uh, you've supported me a lot Um, and that really gave me confidence that boosted, I think that really boosted my confidence uh, on so many things and you know just just being there for me and uh you know which is which is half the battle honestly as a as a kid you know just have especially not I mean you have tremendous experiences over me and being able to learn and hear what in my opinion would be the right thing to do and then doing it is a tremendous help so I think yeah I think you've been a phenomenal mother and uh helped me through a lot, so I appreciate you. Aww. Um. So, this podcast is with the working title called Black to Business, uh, which I still think is hilarious, but that's fine if no one else does. Um, so, what, growing up in the, can I say when you were born, okay, growing up in the 60s. Well, I was
1: born in 63, so how much growing up? I mean, I was
0: little. Well, that was... You know I mean you were aware of certain things I would say maybe I okay.
1: mean what I was seven uh,
0: so for seven century. years yeah okay growing up in the 60s early 70s how about how about that yeah um how would you compare the african-american experience if you can call it that or the the life for us how would you compare it today to when were growing up? We back then
1: seemed like we had our own identity. Like in the 70s, black power, black is beautiful. Um, I didn't know any white people growing up. Uh, I had an aunt that was white. Uh, she just passed away, Aunt Laura. But my uncle married her and she was White person that I really um, was around. I've never seen her cookouts. Mm hmm. So, like, who was this? Yeah, even What's at school, thing? in my neighborhood, I did not have white people at all. I did not. So, I don't know. Um, there were white people at my school, but they seemed to keep to themselves, and we kept to ourselves, and I don't recall any problems or any strife from that. So I really don't know. I just know that to me, the 70s were, you got to see yourself on commercials and TV shows, a few TV shows, Um, and my social life, my parents, not all of it was just us, Blacks. I, I never was around them, so I don't really know until I started working. At 18, my government job, my permanent job, that I worked with still, even then in personnel, it was still only a few white people that I worked with. So that was unusual too, when I look back at it.
0: So. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's important to say too, if, if you don't know me, uh, we lived in St. Louis. You know, uh, that's where you're from, we're from St. Louis. And I lived there for uh, my first eight years before we moved to the South. And uh, I think that I think it's fair to say that that was a big worry for the family was moving down. I was to the south. very
1: concerned hearing about Alabama and the history involved with prejudice. Prejudice. I was very concerned about it uh, moving to Alabama. So, but my job was moving here and.
0: And I think that's totally fair to feel that way too, because of the history of this place. And, uh, well, we're technically in Tennessee now, but uh, the history of Alabama and the the impact that this state in particular had on the country. Um, So much of the civil rights movement, civil rights uh, uh, progress came from this state. And,. So, you know, the, the march across the Selma Bridge, uh, the the bombing. Birmingham bombing, the yeah. church bombing, uh, all of the, you know, lynchings and, and Ku Klux Klan and all of these things, you know, had deep, deep roots in Alabama. And I think, you know, moving to that state, you know, well, it was between Iowa, was it Iowa and Alabama? Those were our choices. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you know it, it, it they hit it pretty well from us. Um, of course, by that point I was eight and new stuff. Uh, sister was four, I want to say four or five. So she didn't really know that much about it. But I think just parents being adults, me being you know uh, old enough to be aware of my surroundings, it was very uh, it was it was a little nerve wracking to to move to uh, the South, to move to the South from the North or from the Midwest. So with your childhood being pretty much surrounded by black people, uh, you know, not really having to quote unquote assimilate, uh, if you will, what was your experience like when you got older, when you were kind of brought into the neighborhood of of white people? It was...
1: Wonderful because when I moved to Huntsville, Alabama The people that we ran into um, In the areas that we were looking to live and the school area the stores and everything they were so nice so friendly talk to you um, It was just wonderful it was just I, I did not suffer one day of issues or problems with any white people and then in my office environment it was so so many of us coming together in this office that was formed from people from all other cities that it was somewhat of a melting pot itself um and i think i have such a personality in that environment that i keep a low profile and people don't mess with me because i'm just observing and i'm just keeping to myself but I would hear of things, but nothing ever happened to me with a white person in my work environment or my where I live, where I chose to live, or anything. So I've been very blessed with that. Other than one time at a soccer game with my daughter, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay, that's that's on the back burner. Okay, um, but that okay. but no, I've had nothing but positives with this with the move here to Huntsville and with uh, just in
0: general. So, with all that being said, how do you feel about these news things that you hear and that you see, you read, um, other places in the country? You know, that, you know, to be quite honest with you, at least on the national front, you know, there's a lot of things, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Mississippi. um, At least from what I'm seeing, there's not a lot that comes from at least our neck of the woods. there's there's not a time which I'm thankful for I'm very blessed of that but what do you think about all that stuff? I think it's
1: heartbreaking it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking 2018 we are still looked upon as a group of people with no like as we're not people in this year we're still as a whole looked about as if we're human not human I'm sorry less than human so that is heartbreaking because you know your children millennials or whatever you call them they are willing to they have friends from all different races and everything they they want a world of inclusion of everybody they it must blow their mind to even think about The racism, the overt racism, overt racism, you know, the whites only drinking fountains and restrooms and all that stuff would blow their mind just because of how they live now. They're like, what? That's stupid. And for it to still continue on to be in the minds and hearts of some white people, some white people, is just astounding and it's just extremely sad. And you just wonder, when will it end? How will it end? We're all people. Will it take there to just be, wipe off the face of the earth and start over? What will it take? Because it's just sad. I've always had the question of why. You know, why don't you like me? Because it's about seniority. I want to feel superior to you. If I push you down push you down I, I will feel superior to you it could be sometimes maybe they feel like you know they're gonna uprise and make us slaves because it was so horrible what what was done to them so they're gonna do it back to us it could be just from it's just your lineage all your life your heart you hear this you, you hear the dogging of, of, of black people they're this they're not that and that's just carried on. And then if you never around black people to see that we're just people like you and want the same things you want, if you're never around that, then you just will always think that and feel that. The media doesn't help in that respect. So you get all these things thrown at you and that's what you believe. And yeah, you you could talk to some people, some people now who were children in the sixties who'll tell you you know I don't even I didn't really feel what my parents felt they just raised me that way and once I grew up and got to meet some black people you know mm-hmm. then I saw that they're not they're just like me so
0: I'm uh I do feel very blessed that I haven't had to experience uh that. I'm, I'm very. Uh, and I, I just. I feel sorry for closed minded people. I really do. Because they're missing out so much on life. They're missing out so much on people, experiences, relationships. And it's sad. It's not a good experience to me. You only get one life. So why live it so shut off and closed from other people? Um, but that's. I say that because I have had a very inclusive uh life, I I feel like, and and that stems from the way I was brought up, and I, you know, I just think it's miserable to to have this much hatred and this much vitriol for people, uh, to to be worried about what I'm doing all the time, like, you got your own life, do that, live that, don't worry about me, because I'm certainly not worried about you you know, Well, I
1: don't know that they worry about, I mean, you have those sex, S.E. You have those that that is what they do they have meetings and they they actively go and pursue stuff like that but i think a typical white person people yeah i don't think yeah. they sit around and think about that right. however if they saw maybe black people moving in their neighborhood it may make them sit up and go
0: well it's the it's like those um those reports that we see nowadays, where, where white people call the cops on yeah. black people just yeah. existing, yeah. and I just don't like for the life of me. I'm if I'm not bothering you, stay in your lane. If I come over and mess with you, yeah, white, black, or purple, yeah, yeah. I, you know something's going. We might be moving some furniture if yeah. if you know you come over and mess with me. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm here. You know, like those guys at Starbucks in Philadelphia. Yeah. We're just here to meet somebody. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't order a six-dollar latte. But we're just here to meet, and if there's a no ordering policy, say that. Yep. We out. Yep. You know. Simple as that. You know, or put up a sign: no ordering. Okay, cool. Simple we'll, as that. We'll take our business somewhere else. Maybe I will order something when my dear. Maybe got I'm there. waiting on. Yeah, yeah. And then we're gonna order something. So
1: I don't. It's it's, it's maddening. Man. It's because you're treated like you're not human. As you know, you're just treated as you're less than human. You have no rights. Why are you here? Why are you even existing in my space?
0: I, I'm, you know, and again, I'm very fortunate. I feel like that I haven't had to deal with that, but at the same time, I feel for those people who do. Because well, you
1: should because it could be you tomorrow. Oh, absolutely,
0: one hundred percent. That's how I feel. I'm blessed yep. and all of that, yep. but
1: I'm also watchful because it absolutely. could be me tomorrow. Yep, always.
0: Which is not a way to live. It's not. A I'm way not to live.
1: sitting around worried and thinking about it. But I am more cautious For sure. when I'm in in the public because things can go from zero to 80 in two seconds.
0: Like you always used to tell me when I was younger, you go in the store and keep your hands out your pockets. Right? Which is and a shame. It, is. it is. don't give
1: nobody no reason to think that you are stealing. Where white people don't have, the parents of white kids don't have to say nothing. Yep. They, they say stuff like, if he say something to you, you tell them you ain't got a da-da-da, knowing that that child will come home tonight. If my child, if I tell them, you tell them you ain't got a da-da-da, my child may not come home
0: that night. And I'm gonna be real for a second. Um, it really worries me with some of my students because I have a lot of students who are real quick to catch an attitude and real quick to back talk. Now, I understand defend yourself but I'm on your team, right? As your teacher, as someone who sees you every single day, uh, and we and, and we work together, if I ask you to do something, this I tell them all the time, if I ask you to do something, just do it and get it over with. Just be done with it. Don't catch an attitude, because if you do that, one day, I'm not going to be the one standing in front of you. It's gonna be someone with much greater authority who can do something about it. Mm-hmm. And that's not, the, that's not the mindset that you want to have. Mm-hmm. Like we said before, it's about survival, you know? Trying to make it home. Trying to make it home, trying to make it to the house. And you don't want to put yourself in a situation. You know, if you can do something about it, if a cop pulls you over and you can do something about it to keep everything calm, do that. I understand, It's not you got pulled over, it's not fair. What you didn't do anything, but fight it in court. Exactly, use the system to help you. Not, don't put yourself into the system, which is what so many people do. But sometimes
1: they don't even have to do anything to be shot and killed. So at least try to just don't do anything. But absolutely, you still could get killed knowing that. But at least you know. Don't heighten the situation. I mean, give them a reason. But they don't need a reason. We know that. But just remain calm and follow instructions but you still could die but at the same time um, I mean that's the conversation that that makes me so upset because white parents don't have that conversation they don't have to work they can, they can spit on the cop and kick them and everything and they still may not even go to jail we can just look at a cop and get shot that's
0: that's the thing right there and the thing that I really want white listeners to to hear and to really uh, really understand is that our our experiences are different so when you hear this understand that that this is not an indictment first off it's not an indictment of all white people I know tremendous right. tremendous white people um, and I think that I'll be friends forever with them be honest, but there, we just, we live different lives. Like we talked about our, our experience, my experience has to be different from, from your experience because there's so much more that we have, that we have to go through and that we've had to go through to just like we said, survive and you don't have to go through those things. You don't have you know, when you see a don't cop, even have
1: to think about it.
0: Yeah. When you're driving down the road you see a cop, you wave, you yeah. know, hey, how you doing? Now, I know a lot of the police department <laughs> in, in our in my town, so I can do the same thing, but uh, you know, say I'm driving down the road in a different city, you know, and, and you know, I'm music might be a little too loud or, or something might you know, maybe I didn't turn on my blinker fast enough. Or, or nothing. Or nothing, yeah. Maybe he felt that I rolled through a stop sign or whatever, and I get pulled over. Or he just
1: want to jack with you.
0: Yeah, I'm like I'm driving a nice There's car. Or absolutely
1: whatever. no reason. Yep. He had a bad day. His wife cussed him out, and now he' gonna take it out on the next person he see, and it happened to be you. You could have be doing absolutely nothing wrong. Yep.
0: And that's just not something that, at least in, in the experience of news and, and own personal experience, that. White people just—they don't have to deal with that.
1: Don't have Um, to think about it.
0: And I just really want—I don't necessarily want sympathy, but I I do want that to be understood because there's—you know—there's—you know—I've heard all the time, why you know, just complaining, and and, you know, it's not like that. It's—it's not that—that's not how how life is. It can't be like that. No, because my experience is anything like that. Well that's because you you have what you have and I have what I have
1: white privilege is a true true statement you can help you can't help that you were born white right we can't help that we were born black right there should be no issue with either one yep. but there is in certain
0: instances and I, I really think that's what that's what we need to overcome and I, I just really feel that so many things in this country and so many things in the world would be, so many of the negative things would be solved if we could get over this racism thing. But it's not something that black people can solve on our own. I, don't, I feel like. We can't. I don't think it's we anything can't that we can't stop can solve the cops own. from doing what they do right.
1: other than us being cops. Right. Maybe more black people being cops and getting from the inside. It takes uh, leadership to realize. What needs to change? It takes our legislate, le, legislation to change, bot, the body of legislature to change certain policies, uh, and get an act upon those injustices. If cops who murder are put in jail, that would stop. I would think that
0: would stop it's so so much. Um, it's just weird that we're asking for justice in two thousand eighteen. Mm-hmm because that's really all that Mm -hmm. it is. And and equality, justice and equality. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is guaranteed in the Constitution. Mm -hmm. I read somewhere that that was, you know... Well, (laughs) if
1: if we're not looked upon as human, then that don't apply to us, to them, to certain people. That doesn't apply to us.
0: Now, understand as well, too, this equality also affects white people. And I I think that the the equality of african americans can help <clears throat> or will help everybody because that opens avenues and doors to uh maybe less fortunate white people people who live in different neighborhoods uh obviously it open the door for us but, but that uh, but unfortunate
1: white person who lives in different neighborhoods mm-hmm. still or looked at to be still have white privilege
0: right you're right you're right
1: I can be Oprah Winfrey and be treated worse than a poor, poor, poor white person in another neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Not that money has to, but I'm just saying right So that doesn't that don't cut it for me
0: no that's that's fair. I just I think that it can be an all-encompassing thing. It can be, I feel like um, So, you said gum. Uh, we to be talking about kids. Oh, sorry. Uh, I just, I, I just. Feel, well, that's a part of it too. You know, bringing in a black kid <laughs> into the world is a whole other aspect of it because having to deal with that. Now, I think that going back to what I was gonna say earlier, I think that the education of black kids is vital. I think educating them correctly on, on history, on important people, important African-Americans in the past, important current African-Americans, I really think that that's incredibly important as well. Um, that's, it, having having black kids have pride in themselves and what they look like uh, in, in their history, their ancestors, their forefathers and mothers, That's super
1: super important it is and they also need day to day positive images in their homes Uh the people that mean something to them they need love they need uh, support they need to know that they matter by the people who brought them into this world Mm -hmm. and the people who love them genuinely they need that because I had that and I felt that and if I did not have that I mean I could just imagine right. Right. just feeling like you're not the people who brought you into the world who's supposed to love you unconditionally to throw you away or you feel thrown away not cared for that you don't matter that's got to go so deep in your soul and spirit and that is to me number one education obviously but that's number one
0: your, Starting your, from
1: home. Yeah, yeah, your spirit, your soul, knowing that it's cared for and loved genuinely no matter what. Yeah. That's what each person is due. That's, yeah. that's what each human
0: being is due. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, I think so, so much of mm. problems in the world can be solved from positive, positive influences and, and just positivity in general at home. Uh, being able to come home and, and sit at dinner or, you know, have a have a family thing that you all do together. Mm-hmm. You know, dad staying in the house, mom staying in the house, you know, uh, working together to raise good contributing members to society.
1: And let's face that it, that's the ideal situation. Mm-hmm. But even if the parents don't get along and they split up you still can let a child know that they're number one and they matter and they're loved. Harder to do, not being right there to gather in the home, but so necessary and doable, you have to put forth that extra effort because you owe that to that child. And that's where you raise a very well-adjusted, responsible citizen. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, I mean, that's just so important to me. Because a child didn't ask to come here, and they deserve the best. Right.
0: I agree completely. Which
1: is why we go back to um, bringing children in the world. If you can't or not willing to do that, then... It's just not for you. Then that's what you should... You should not even embark on that, because a child does not deserve any less.
0: Right. That, and that's where I am, because... It's not that I don't think I would be a good parent. I feel like I would be, um, but I don't. I just I, I don't think it's fair to me to have to go through all that this world has to offer in some respects, you know. So that's just that's where my struggle is with it. I, I just I, I, there's so much out here. There's so much good. I'm not saying that everything is bad. But there's so much good in the world, but there's just so much more bad, and, and, and you know, these, these media companies, these, uh, the, 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 media makes money off of the bad stories, off of the negative stories, off of the yes. scary stories, yes. you know, which we could arguably say is why who, he who shall not be named is in the, is in the mm-hmm. White House right now, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the media has, I think, just as much responsibility in the, uh, scare test scare tactics of the the people who run this country they have just as much responsibilities as the actual people who do the scary things so you know that and and seeing all that stuff makes me second guess I don't know if I want to be a kid in this world you know we're you know Russia is this big looming threat for us and and North Korea was I don't know what's happened with that but North Korea is a situation now Iran because we got pulled out of the deal for no reason but and there's then,
1: always been something looming, always, always something looming yeah. with in the political arena, uh, concerning cut co- this country, other countries, always.
0: Would you feel comfortable removing yourself from watching the news and being up to date on the news? Would you feel comfortable not knowing what's going on out there? One hundred percent. You would. Mm-hmm. That freaks me out more than not know, more than knowing <laughs> to to not know what's going on because what are you doing once you learn it what you doing with it that's true that's true it's just i don't know i i soon after i think it was around the time doug jones got elected uh which was monumental uh that's that that still is awesome um soon after that i just was like i can't anymore i just can't like it it weighs on me i feel like there's like So much, and then after I mean, I came home 2016, watching. the... I mean, every I came home and I turned it on CNN every day during you know the last couple months of the thing of the election, and Donald Trump makes fun of a handicapped person. You know, Donald Trump grabbing people by places and blood coming out of her whatever, and it's just you know, this isn't the right. And but but it's. Because you know, I just—I guess I wanted to see how just what color the wall gonna be, like, on color purple. <laughs> yeah, I just—I just wanted to see the ridiculousness. Because
1: he, it was a show. That's what it, it turned was. into. It, he knew what to do. He had to pay advertise. Uh-huh. The cameras was gonna follow him and be there and advertise what he was selling. Every single day, every stop he made, because he was—he's being himself, being ridiculous. But his opponents didn't capitalize on that in every way that they could. They fought his fault.
0: They should have fought their own fight. I don't understand why they were afraid of him. I, do, I don't. I, What's I he gonna do? Call your name? All right. I've been called a lot of Well, names they slow. probably
1: were trying to stay the course of a of a campaign. He would pull them off course. Mm-hmm. You know, and he has such a following. I don't know what the case was, but I couldn't watch him then. I can't watch him now. What I'll hear about it, but what can I do but stress out about it? Right, right. Uh, When he's playing around with the button, like we'll we'll, uh, bomb the hell out of him. I mean, I can't watch that (laughs) because, okay, what I'm going to do? If they bomb him and they bomb us. We done okay.
0: Why would I wanna, you know? I, I just don't. I don't get it. I, and I saw, you know, and I, I, I've thought about taking CNN notifications off my phone because they'll they'll push to my phone and it'll pop up on there and and I'll see, you know, X Y Z has done this and tensions rise, blah blah blah. I'm just like, oh, I don't want to do this. You know, I don't want to deal with this. But I just saw today John Bolton, the the mustachioed dude. Um, you know, they're thinking about uh, incorporating sanctions on European countries that have dealings with with uh, Iran. Uh, like they're just—they—they they want war. I feel like they want war. I feel of like they, they want do. it because that's going—who's going to change presidents during wartime? Of course. Right? And I just—I—I I, I can't. That's—it doesn't scare me, but it's like, wh- why? I don't know. It's it's just it's nerve wracking. And I feel so strong. Guidance will start now. It's, it's a live show. Right? It's fine. Huh? it's fine. Um we're on the way to Nashville. I didn't say that before. But I I, I feel like he's got to go. Just to me. And I feel like he okay,
1: will go. But the, he's gonna go when all promises are kept and people get their under the under the table money and deals and all of that happens.
0: That's what has to happen. That's why he's one reason he's still in there. Yeah. The it's just it, it's and I'm not trying to be a dramatic Democrat or anything or or, or snowflake or whatever it is that Democrats are called now. But because uh, you know there there have been a lot of people who excuse me a lot of people who've said if there's any group of people who should be Republicans, it would be black people because yeah. because the we have very conservative tendencies. We yeah. you know, we are very close to the chest. Yeah. Church going people um uh you know, we're we're not we're not the quickest to believe everything that you say right off face value. Yeah. And if there's any group of people who would be Republicans and state Republicans, it would be us. But it's there's that one tiny thing of racism <laughs> that we feel from the Republican Party, those in power, I know a lot of Republicans who are not racist, I know a lot of, or at least to me, I know a lot of Republicans who are uh, kind, friendly, you know, we just disagree. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we have our issues uh, amongst one another, but we're still friends. And that's something that I wish would happen a lot too, but I, like, there's a lot of stuff that they, that they Fundamentals of the Republican Party that I kind of agree with, to be honest with you: small government, uh, keeping everything in house, don't spend a ton of money, uh, let let the um, let the states decide. I'm cool with that, for real. I really am. But then you have megalomaniacs like Trump, uh, Trump, and and uh, you know uh, Ronald Reagan, and, and just a lot of these people who just really feel like they're out for themselves and i'm not saying the democratic party not doesn't have those people either but there just feels like there's a lot of people in the republican marco rubio big big person in my head who just is only out for himself 100 percent. well you got because our
1: leader is out for himself the president is out for himself period Yeah. Two. Yeah. Along with making certain people rich as well. But he's all for himself. He's all about himself.
0: I just, I really want the, uh, I want the people who voted for Trump who are not. I sixty
1: five
0: north. I really want the people who voted for Trump. I don't want anybody to suffer. I don't want anybody to suffer. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I really hope that they get a wake-up call that they've been completely bamboozled. They've been completely hoodwinked well, hell- and...
1: If they don't know by now,
0: yeah. Some people don't
1: wanna. They know, but they will never admit it. Yeah. And they will keep riding till the end. They'll just ride it on out.
0: I read an article that uh, had, we're talking about the evangelicals, which is just a ridiculous word to me. But the the evangelicals hitch their wagon to Trump, and no matter what he does, they will always support him.
1: Well, anytime you say, I can shoot somebody get away with it mm-hmm. I'll still have supporters he knows that
0: I really think he, he could he said
1: that running yeah. yeah
0: I really think he, he could he could
1: kill Melania and be good
0: I just don't uh, well he might get mad because she won't hold his hand that might be what it is
1: I mean he could do anything and there would still be people supporting him now he'll go to jail maybe
0: would he though? maybe
1: do stuff he can do, and he knows it. He said that before he was even president. So imagine now being president—what he feels he can do and can and can do.
0: It's uh its just just—it's—it's it's a bitter world. Twenty I think. miles ahead on the route, lane closed. It's a—it's a—it's a bitter world. Um, and it's not designed, the older I get the more I realize that it's not designed for people who don't have the United States is not Yeah, the, the, the United States
1: because in because well I mean the government has typically taken care of its citizens who don't have then you come along so there are programs yes there were problems with programs because you don't want people to I think most people want to have their make their own way and don't want to rely on the government. Right. But sometimes you have people who that's I mean it's 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 all in their family. Right. They've all lived on welfare and this and that. Okay. They and there are some people who will continue that. So you have to put things into these programs. Don't cut the programs, but just revamp them to where there are. But people got to have jobs. They have to have a job
0: that can pay them enough to live. And that's going to directly improve government. Because now those people who have jobs are now paying into the government through taxes.
1: But there has yeah. to be jobs they can do. So we right. need companies not to be overseas. Yeah. Um, making, you know, making products. Because everybody's Cheap not going to go to yeah. school and learn a trade. Right. Everybody's not. So you got to have those jobs in America where people can learn, go and do, I mean, like a manufacturing job where anybody could know could do that and you pay them a decent wage and yeah, they may have to go and get two jobs to be able to pay and maybe they can get subsidized housing, but they pay more than $7 a month. They pay more than that, but but they have a means to do that. Right. And if people need to be more responsible and not have ten children, if they can't afford them, type of thing. Right. So there's that responsibility. So Another thing about having
0: kids, yeah, having to pay for it. <laughs> I mean, it's you know.
1: Yeah. So I see all kind of ways. I see. I see it. You so, still gotta have have a child you have to take care of them the man and the woman yep.
0: which makes it easier instead of having one person having to pay and take care of it you have two people and that just makes it easier anyway, in my opinion from from what i've seen it just makes it easy
1: men need to, to step up and be fathers and women need to quit having so many babies they can't take care of yep. without with or without the father of course the father so and then they need to remove or stop having all of the, the traps for young black men to fall into mm-hmm. to put them in jail because jail is a business people make Snips. money off of you going to jail so there are traps set for young black people to fall in due to their their poverty situation and now they're in jail and their babies aren't need milk and diapers and
0: that's one thing that I would do if I were elected, and then we're going to have to wrap up here soon. But if I were elected into any type of local government, one thing that I would try, to, mayor or governor, whatever, if I, one thing that I would have, one project that I would really try to do and fundraise and blah, 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 would be to pour money into impoverished places because those are the people that get affected the most by these corrupt people up at the top they're the ones who get screwed over that's white black mexican asian whatever
1: people need opportunities for jobs opportunities to learn a trade so they can be marketable they can get a job other than mcdonald's where they can take care of their family if they're willing to do it it needs to be available to
0: them and that boosts up my community Right. That makes my community more, more uh, aesthetic. That makes my, that makes our people prouder to be where they're from. That keeps our streets clean. That keeps, you know, our our roads and bridges built. That keeps our schools looking as good as they can and producing as good as they can. Babe. Brilliant people. Absolutely. You just given an opportunity,
1: they have a mind for science and math, and and they could be doctors. They could be engineers. But they're they're not, they can be mechanics, they can be architects, but they're not, they could never afford to go to school and learn those, fine tune those skills that they have. And they have to live and and eat and all of that in the meantime, so they turn to what's right there in the neighborhood, which is
0: drugs and stuff.
1: So, and then there goes, that's a waste.
0: Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. Uh, Thank you for talking with us Happy Mother's Day Thank you honey And uh, we'll see how this test goes Thanks y'all